Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Sorry, I had the Snapchat open. That was playing. You're calling. Chaos. Now you're recording. And now I'm recording. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, how's it going, dude? Yes, I am recording. Let me make sure. Dude, I, uh, you know, I would have won the World Duck Calling Championship if the uh, judges weren't such pieces of shit. Oh, my God. Did they just hose you again? Oh, yeah. You got that right. They did. I deserved every point. I, you know, if, as long as I didn't, I made a mistake, Dale. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it going. I like this. Keep it, I can't like this thread going. Keep it going. You know, if, if you don't win a contest, you got to. You gotta take to uh, take to the airwaves, to social media, or to any public forum you can to complain about contests and how they're all fucking stupid. They're rigged. They're rigged. They're rigged. You know, it's all political. Oh, for sure. All, all 100%. these people are just all these people are just in their clicks. And uh, and I had a great time. It was a good. It was a great weekend. Yeah, let's walk walk us through it. Bring uh, bring me there. It was actually kind of just an in-and-out trip, you know. Uh, flew into Little Rock on Friday morning, and uh, everything went super smoothly. Uh, I got upgraded at my rental car um, location, as I normally do oh, for some reason. Very nice. I don't know. Just, I'm just running huge percentages of, like, we don't have that car. We have a full-size truck. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? I want that geo tracker i reserved <laughs> you mean you mean you don't have the car i booked which had a cover over it and said manager's special <laughs> and i didn't know even what kind of vehicle i was getting 
<laughs> great. Okay. I, yeah. I want the four Ford Festiva that I put a deposit down on it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Then we uh, we rolled in, got to uh, our uh, Super Eight Hotel in Hazen. Went to the um, what I have always called the VIP catfish dinner, but I was reminded when I was there. Like, they have not had catfish here since, like, 2017 or 2018. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. the catfish dinner. I call it the catfish dinner because they all – everybody who qualifies, you get a ticket – like, a ticket. You get an invite with a, one guest, and you can go and have a dinner with everybody just as a social gathering with all the – you know, just everybody who's involved with the sure. contest. And yeah, it was a blast. Saw a bunch of um, – Saw a bunch of uh, old friends, and I even made a couple new ones while I was there. I was talking about hunting with people, and I had one beer and then drove back to the Hazen Super 8 after that. Nowadays, it's a, uh, it's actually a catered um, barbecue Ooh. dinner. Yeah, which was fire. I still kind of miss the catfish, though, to be honest. It was like the one time of the year that I have catfish ever. Hmm. But all in all, that's for the best. That is catfish anymore. It's delicious, delicious Memphis style barbecue. Ooh, Bunch nice. of different sides and uh, just stuff my belly like Thanksgiving number two. You know, it's the Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Boxing day. Yeah. So then I uh, Wait, went back right? to Hazen. No, that's not right. That's the day after Christmas, isn't it? I don't. What's know. that? Boxing day, isn't that Canada? Bo- I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a Canadian holiday. Never mind. Continue. And then, uh, let's see, got up the next day after I slept for 11 hours and uh, went to Max Prairie Wings, checked out all the sites on Main Street, um, and then I even just scouted around, went and looked at some mallards and snow geese and blue geese. By the way, lots of mallards in Arkansas. I bet. Lots and lots of mallards. Still waiting on the northern birds to come down. (laughs) (laughs) These mallards must be those southern birds, you know. Must be the southern birds, yeah. Just 99.7% of the continental mallard population is southern birds. It's just that 0.3% of the birds that I would say hunters consider to be northern mallards. Those mallards have probably been there since our early teal season when we blew all the ducks out of the state. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I actually saw a lot of ducks down there at um, Gadwall and talked to some people who had been hunting. They've been having having some fun, uh, shooting some birds. And uh, what else? Got in the contest, blew round one. I uh, did freaking really good in round one, dude. I've got a 224, which is a great score. Maybe like. The high was like maybe a 227 or a 228. Oh, wow. Nice. I, I know, which still puts me back, you know, like probably in the top 10 with that score, maybe the top 15. So, like, after that, you know, if I just did really good just and keep a handful repeating of that, if I kept repeating that and I, you know, a handful of people made a mistake, that puts you kind of in there you know what i mean and if the judges weren't bought and paid for <laughs> so so like and then oh my first round score just or my first round just went so good i was like holy crap i felt good i said you know what even if even if i just get to leave here and say i blew that good on stage at world duck once i'll be happy with that nah, it was good it was a great routine and round two probably was even better 
until my very last greeting call I made uh, in the closer segment of the contest, I popped a note. And, oh, uh, no. I squealed it, and uh, that just that gets you cut instantaneously. Oh. Yep, and uh, there was a flash camera that did go off in my eyes, and I was mad about it for a second, and then I remembered world champion duck callers don't get phased by flash photography. That's fair. So that, that's on me too. <laughs> so it's you, like who? I was like, who flashed that camera? It screwed me up. I'm like, why would the? You know, I'm gonna help if, you a, train. if a camera's if a camera's screwing me up, probably don't deserve to win the world championship. I'll help today. you train next year while while you're while you're practicing. <laughs> I'll just like flash cameras. You know, cameras. No, I'm not gonna flash you. A light will a light will flash. Although that might be pretty distracting as well. And uh, then uh, let's see here. I just got up the next morning, drove to Little Rock, and bounced out. Spent some good time at the Atlanta airport on both my layovers. You skipped the part where you drank in your sorrows. I got. I went to the. I went to uh, the liquor store <laughs> during my sorrow, <laughs> and uh, I bought this uh, this thing called a TGI Fridays um, Long Island Iced Tea Blackberry. Ooh, sounds fancy. I like girl drinks because, in general, they're more delicious, right? More sugar, and, worse hangovers. Yeah, continue. Oh, dude, that's what I was going to say. I felt like shit the next morning, man. <laughs> I woke up. like I just bought one of these like big cans. You know, I'm not getting fucking wasted or anything. I'm just – I was like, Raquel, what do you say we have a drink? And so I bought her a TGI Friday margarita. The Blackberry Long Island was better. But I woke up the next day. I looked in the mirror, man. Like, for some reason – I had facial hair. My eyes were just <laughs> – my eyes were all glossy. I had bags under them, and I was like, man. See, if you drink a man's drink, that... you get hair in your chest, not on your face. Wait, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> what the fuck? But me and uh, – so, yeah, when we made our way to the airport. Man, I, I'm, I'm always, like, packing food for trips, even for airplanes. I, uh, like, uh, I'll make, like, spaghetti – I even add like some pork chop and rice, and I'll put them into vac sealer bags, so and make them nice and flat, mm-hmm. you know, and then freeze them and put them in my carry-on. So like we had food for every meal of the trip, so just the whole thing was just like super smooth and easy. Like we had food anytime we needed food, we had our meals packed. I spent all Thanksgiving cooking just for Stuttgart <laughs> like that trip. Bunch of different meals. We had like waffles and eggs and. Waffle scrambled eggs and bacon for breakfast. Yeah, it was a good trip. Nice. Yep, Matt Rustad was down there as our, another Minnesota rep. Yeah, I think I saw something just a little bit ago when I was perusing social medias about him being down there. So that's I guess cool. I don't know how he how he did. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Hayden Richard won the World Duck Calling Championship. Hayden Hayden is a really good duck caller from Louisiana. Congratulations, Hayden. Well done, sir. Yeah, congrats, Hayden. And uh, second place was Jonathan Seth Morton, another fantastic duck caller. He's from Arkansas, and I followed him in round one. He went right before me. He got a 225, and then I got a 224 right after him. Well, we'll see. You're right there. Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Damn lights. (laughs) Damn lights. It's those damn judges. Yeah. No, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
if you get a score like that and then a few people screw up, you're kind of like right in the runnings of things. Well, I was one of the few people that had it that had screwed up. Right. You're, you're playing the other role for somebody else to <laughs> yeah. move up. I was on the wrong side of that <laughs> coin, you know, like like this could go well as long as you know, some other people don't as long as some other people screw up, then that person who screws up is you like damn it. Yeah, yeah. Not not my intention. Well, uh, Minnesota season has come and gone for Ducks, that is. For Ducks, yeah. Yeah, it has. Yep. Still waiting on those Northern Mallards. Still waiting on them Northern Mallards. I will say I haven't really seen any bitching yet by Minnesota people. That the season. We'll see this weekend will be the first weekend since the closure, so maybe that's um, when we'll hear people because- being pissed off. The Winter Mallards have for sure arrived in uh, the metro area. They have just been clearing out every bit of corn I put oh, down. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. <laughs> so I, I can't remember when the first day that happened was last week. It was either Wednesday or Thursday was my first visitors of um, Mallards, but I've gone through 100 pounds of corn now. Holy smokes. Yeah. And I haven't seen any fleets, but I, I did stop at um, – the Blaine soccer fields with a pair of binoculars today, like with the warm temps, man, there was probably 2000 geese out in those soccer oh fields God. in Blaine. And I put the binocs on them for, I'm going to say a solid 20 minutes. And I saw one goose that had a tiny little quill bar across his chest from, from wing to wing across his belly. And then I saw one goose that had two bands on it. Ooh, so a double band of goose which is super, super rare in the metro area. And I was a little too far to definitively say, but it looked like one of them was not a rivet band. So I was like, you know, one of them looked stainless steel and the other one did not look riveted, but I could not, I couldn't say that 100%. Either way, rivet band or any other type of double band in the Twin Cities metro, very rare. Hmm. Why is that? Explain. Um, because the double banded rivet, the rivet geese that are double banded are banded up in like Manitoba and Portage La Prairie, Mani- um, and Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba and Portage La Prairie in that area. And their migration path kind of hugs the Western side of the state until it, get, and then, then it'll hit the Missouri river and continue south there. But, um, yeah, I mean, even, even shoot. as far East as Hutchinson is getting like, the very eastern border of that particular those giants, they don't really come further east than Hutchinson. So okay. to see them in Minneapolis is like whoa. Yeah, because they get. I mean, they get a a fair amount of them in Fergus, right? What's that? They shoot a fair amount of them in Fergus, right? So that's yeah. What what is the point behind double banding? What's that? What? Why do they put two bands on them? Well, the rivet band is a study that's um, looking into uh, loss rates of regular bands. So the rivet band is a control. They okay. will put the, so the band is riveted on, and they had a feeling that bands were either being taken off by park snatchers, or that, <laughs> or um, they were falling off naturally. And they're not wrong, but I think they wanted to get up so just better data on how many of them are getting lost with the assumption that the rivet band will never get lost. So if, if you're starting to get reports, you know, so many years down the line of birds that have 
only a rivet band on it, you can start to get like percentages like after this many years, um, this is the percentage of regular bands that are falling off. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, honestly, I didn't, I was unaware of why they were doing the double. And they, some of the double bands are made of uh, like a stainless steel material. It's either stainless steel or another material called Manel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But they'll, um, they've also done studies, uh, similar studies of double banding, uh, I think, ringnecks or bluebills, one of the two. And they were putting a, a stainless band on and an aluminum band. And they were seeing not only did the, if the uh, stainless bands would stay on, but also how fast do the numbers wear off on a, uh, like on a, ring, on a ringneck or a bluebills aluminum band because the stainless bands, they never lose their numbers. Sure, that makes sense. Guess, can you guess how long the average bluebill or ringneck it takes for them to rub their band smooth? Illegible. Six years. Dude, that's right on the fucking money. Really? Nice. Yeah, it's like six or seven years. Winter, winter, chicken dinner. Hell cool. yeah. Good guess. That is a good guess. Anyways, you going to be doing any hunting coming up here? Hell no, I'm busy this weekend with uh, at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. Yeah. So I won't be able to get out, but uh, there are, I would kind of like to. I had, I've got some uh, some intel on some areas that are absolutely loaded right now, which if anybody scouts, I'm sure isn't a secret to anybody. You know, we are, uh, I was in North Dakota this past weekend, also not hunting, um, but on our way back, from starting before Fergus and pretty much all the way down the 94 corridor, th- we saw geese in the air. It was kind of crazy. Like, wow, there's a lot of geese in the area. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to get an opportunity to hunt uh, tomorrow morning because I, I nice. have a funeral in the afternoon. So I will be hunting in the morning just for a couple hours, but it's going to be cloudy and warm and I'm assuming geese are going to fly. I'm just going to go some, to a public spot and put a little sound and a little decoys out there. That'd be pretty sweet. Got to like midweek hunts. Those are nice when you can when you can pull them off. A little less, sure. a little less pressure. And it's just if you if you're successful and then you can post them on uh, you know social media or Snapchat or whatever, you're making everybody else jealous. That's at work and it's awesome. It just just makes it feel a little sweeter, doesn't it? Always. (laughs) Knowing that other people are working and you're having fun. It's like like going somewhere warm for vacation and then seeing on the news there's a blizzard back home. You're like, yes. (laughs) I'm so happy you all are miserable. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot better than like uh, screwing up in World Duck championship and then looking back at facebook and everybody's other successful hunts they're having while you're gone yeah well i mean had had the judges not have been crooked you you know you would you'd hoist in that trophy uh, one day i'm gonna get that thing man but that's the spirit i'll just don't squeak next time you're you're right there I'm 34 now. I've been obsessed with that thing since I was 13. <laughs> Not looking good, but are you the were you the oldest competitor? Are we to that stage yet? What's that? Were you the oldest competitor? 
Oh, no, no, no. Oh, well, you're fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess what's the real question is who's the oldest winner? That would be um, interesting. You should find that out. Dude, I know Trey Crawford won four championships in four different decades. Wow. Yeah, so he won something in the 70s, one in the 70s, one in the 80s, one in the 90s, and then he was the 2000 champion of champions because you can only win three and then you're they uh, eliminate you. That's weird. I remember he, they were talking about that on the Big Hunger podcast. I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, like, but... like, think if they did that in the NFL. Like, well, Brady, you're out. You already had three. You're done. Yeah, but the the thing is, there's not you know millions of people trying to enter duck and goose calling contests, and I think goose calling. I think well, with duck calling, you get a, a more strict regime of people getting eliminated. Goose calling is more of a free for all. Like even in duck calling. The way the sanctioning contests work is if I win a contest that's sanctioned by the World Duck Calling Championship, I'm done. I do not compete anymore in sanctioned contests until the next year because I'm going to World Duck Calling Championship, you know? Huh. So as the as you get closer and closer and closer to World Duck, there's fewer and fewer people that are eligible to compete because they've already got their bus ticket. So it kind of makes it like it gives people an opportunity like you know what would be cool is uh if i went down to stuttgart and had a fun weekend like nick did in his life right like you can actually be like okay well here we're, here's the contest i can drive to or fly to and um you know which ones can i realistically win where if you're a goose caller there is no regime like that and any goose caller can show up at any calling contest at any time and if you want to get into goose calling i mean like all you got to do is sign up and then look around. And then if you see Mike Benjamin, Robbie Iverson, Trevor Shanahan, or uh, let's throw in Forrest Carpenter, you know, you're fucked. You know? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like if one, if one of those guys show up, you're like, oh, great. Uh, I'm not going to get any money out of this. Today. But, I mean, wasn't there an argument for if they weren't there, like, should you win? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to win by default? I mean, is it like, hey, I won this competition, but really only because so-and-so and so-and-so didn't show up? I think is that I, I want to I I participate in the culture of it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want – I don't want to go – to contest knowing that there's it's futile for forever you know well it wouldn't be you just have to be better than they are yeah that's true but there's only so many times i'm gonna fly somewhere or drive somewhere and then be like (laughs) you know maybe bowling is fun too maybe i can get on a bowling team and and uh and have a little bit more camaraderie out of that you know like i do i see it both ways the goose caller guys when they get to a level where it's potential that they can win, that's great for them because they can start to make a lot of money because there's they can keep competing. Duck callers right. really can't. Like you get your bus ticket and then you're not competing in any more sanctioned events. Goose callers can go from one to the next to the next to the right. next to the right. next. And you can actually get some serious money 
um, if you are flying out and going, I mean, serious money, you might make, you know, two, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 serious money. It's, it's good. It's decent money. I mean, it honestly could supplement some income, you know, you might be making, but it's, uh, it's very difficult to get to that point where you're competing on that level. And I think there's just a, a big drop off rate where guys say that would be fun. Nah. I don't like losing every time for the next four years. <laughs> well, in the hopes that maybe I get better than some of these complete freaks that are involved in the sport. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm an outsider looking in. I mean, I don't, I don't compete. I'm just looking at it as a, you know, right, as like, like as like a, a fan or a, you know, watching a different sport. And it's like, well, but then just get better. I mean, it seems a little bit like nerfing. You know, there's no, they've got their own culture too, like that goes to um, Maryland, to the Eastern World Goose Calling competitions and stuff. And, uh, but I, I think like when you're, like what I just described, the catfish dinner and, uh, you know, the whole, the whole um, pageantry of Stuttgart and having all these people from, and you really do have, representatives from across the entire country you know when you're sitting back in a bullpen and uh at, at world duck you're like where are you from like i'm from vermont like holy shit and cool. uh, Cal- you know california and like you you can really meet some cool people and uh so you, I don't, you, know, you don't you don't I, think it would be that way if if you if somebody could just continue winning if they're good enough to continue winning i do it is it is but it's different i guess i i'm probably just explaining this as a in a perspective of a guy that has always preferred competitive duck calling so i'm gonna find a way to justify my enjoyment right sure like i'm i've just always been a competitive duck caller and i just get more enjoyment out of that and i'm better at it so um i'm probably just like justifying it but like I would say either one, if anybody really wanted to get into it and be like, I really want to experience the culture and the camaraderie and all that when it comes to either duck or goose calling, uh, absolutely, probably, completely even, you are going to find that enjoyment and that camaraderie. And you're going to meet people from all over the world that share your passion for duck calling, goose calling, hunting, Next thing you know, you'll be flying out, not just for calling contests, but to hunt with the people you've met at calling contests. Right, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess I'm probably explaining this in a way just from a guy that likes duck calling contests more, but I would never just, if somebody's like, God, I don't know, I kind of like goose calling more. Do you think I should get into duck calling? Be like, fuck no, do goose calling, man. That's, <laughs> if you, whatever you, whatever you like, if, if you really want to get into the contest scene, man, Go for it, because nothing has made my call, like calling better, faster than competing. Like, because you get your mm-hmm. butt handed to you, and you're like, "Well, I'd really like to not have that happen again." Yeah, you you go home that. and practice, and then you know, just all the people you meet. Like, it's definitely I've, I've said it before many times. There's nothing, no other activity I've ever participated in that has enhanced my waterfowl lifestyle more than competition calling. I can definitely not see even that. this podcast. Yeah, well, that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can see that though. I mean that that 
makes a lot of sense to me anyways it, it's since i've been talking to you know like you and joe and, and other people you know and goose like every time i talk to you, you guys talk about it so passionately like it, it makes me want to try it but then i have to slap myself in the face and go yeah because you have so much extra time on your hands to pick up another <laughs> endeavor <laughs> Uh, Dude, yeah, honestly, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get on stage, even after all these years. Like, it's fucking nerve wracking, and there's just there's some mad respect for anybody at any skill level, no matter how experienced. If they get on stage and try it, like, even for me, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, yeah. It just, it, well, that, it that takes part... a set. It takes a set of nuts to go up on stage, even if there's like. There's like three people's girlfriends and one very confused concession person like <laughs> at this event and you're just like blowing a goose call uh you know it's 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 just nerve-wracking I don't think I would have a problem with that. I mean, I, I've been on a stage of some sort most of my life. Um, okay. I don't I don't know that maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it would be super nerve-wracking. Um about the only time I get nervous performing is if I have to sing at a wedding because the only it's like you get one chance <laughs> there's no there's no <laughs> takes everybody's recording this <laughs> like you're just hyper aware of like you don't fuck up and then uh and then anytime I've ever sang the national anthem same thing it's like oh god just don't be that person that forgets the lyrics of this song <laughs> and it's a relatively difficult song actually to sing vocally so if you don't start out at the right key you're not going to be able to hit one of those notes and that's going to be embarrassing (laughs) so those two things and just for whatever reason i do get nervous for those two things but i I don't i don't know i I don't think i'd be nervous It's it's just i don't have i know that i don't have the time to put in the practice that it would take for me to even remotely be go on stage and not not have everybody look at me and go why did this guy enter <laughs> well there is a little bit of that like 12 year old is better <laughs> there's some of that you know like why is this guy even competing but then you you know hey, if it's not for guys that are just trying for their first time then uh then we don't have a thing here guys sure yeah no and i get that too like <laughs> and, and i agree anybody that has you know the salt and the seeds enough to get up there and, and give it a shot you know good on you for sure you've already already taken a step you know you've already put yourself in a in an upper echelon just by doing that you know Um, unfortunately i'm too i'm competitive enough very competitive that i wouldn't even want to step on the stage unless i was thought i had a moderate chance to at least finish like middle of the pack (laughs) you know what i mean like i wouldn't I wouldn't want to just go up there and be like, yeah, hey, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna think I'm gonna try this. I'm blowing my goose call in three years, you know. Yeah, I think, I think there's, a, if there's like, hey, will you be in this contest? We should, we just want to have another guy in it. And you get a guy like, yeah, let me get a goose call. Right. All right, that's yeah. a little bit, that's a little bit different than the guy who's like been, who's like knew about the contest from like social media for like, let's just say six weeks, and he's like, I think I'm gonna do it. And then he starts practicing. Yeah, and, he's and then he, he and he really sucks. I mean, he's not he does not sound good at all. But somehow this psychopath convinces himself like I might be able to, <laughs> to get third place in this thing and shows up, gets cut immediately because he's terrible. Like that guy right there has earned 
so much respect from me. Right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> fair. Like, that's – he did it And that's least. the type of guy that, like, walks away and they're like, that was humiliating. Like, I really can't believe I convinced myself that I actually had a chance. <laughs> and I know now when I go home, I'm going to start practicing – the moment I walk through my front door. And then that's the dude that you see like the next year. And you're like, Jesus Christ, are you really like on our level now? Like you were a fucking dweeb last year that had no business being in this bullpen. (laughs) And now you're actually threatening the first place prize from me. Like I've been around a long time. I've seen those guys, you know, like where they show up, they're like, uh, you know, like have been practicing for this, and then you listen to him, you're like, you're god awful. And then you see him three months later, you're like, you're pretty good. And then you see him the next year, and you're like, I wish this guy would quit. <laughs> yeah. I, I never should have gave this guy lessons, son of a. Bitch. I never should. I never should have given this guy encouragement because now he's doing really, really good. And you know, they, it just it depends. Sometimes it's a slow progression. I'd say mine is like more slow and steady. After I won the Minnesota State, it was like five years before I ran my or won my first regional, hmm. and because um, I had done the Minnesota State three times, and then you know I couldn't get on that next level as a slow progression. But some guys just just rocket ship right to the top. Wow, and that's kind of fun. Because it makes sense, like anything, you know. Some people are, are naturally gifted, and then some people are just psychopaths that train really hard you know they just they 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 become obsessed with and that's all they do i've known a couple guitar players like that where you know guys never play guitar picks it up and he can just pretty much play it you're like that's not fair and then i know other people (laughs) and then i know other people that you know they have enough natural talent to you know strum a little bit and do whatever and then they make up their mind like no i need to really get better at this and that's all they do you know literally playing till their fingers bleed and then you hear them the next year and you're like when did you learn how to do that <laughs> and it's like right it's, they've done nothing else since you know it's like it's it's some people are just that dedicated right and i'm sure there's a, a wide range of everybody that fits in between that a right, spectrum man, well, as they say i think uh i think i'm gonna go to bed i'm gonna wake up at four i'm gonna hit the gym I hit the sauna and then I'm gonna go goose hunting. Right, that sounds like a day, or a good start to a day, anyways. Uh, yep. But uh, anyways, uh, let's thank the sponsors. Do we still have some? We still have some boss ammo left. Boss ammo. Still, I still got some boss ammo. They're still a sponsor. <laughs> All right, sweet. And then let's see who else. Nobody. We've got no other sponsors. We got no other. No, no fake sponsors this week. Did you fly Delta? Uh, you know, maybe we should try to find some real sponsors at some point during this whole thing. I mean, it might not be the worst idea. You know, we could like make we could make like a like a media package thing that we could like advertise to uh, to potential to potential Waterfall Wednesday sponsors. Like for X amount of dollars, you can make Nick J say this. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. It'll be like the Ron Burgundy. The media package. He ha- he won't see it. He'll have to read it live, <laughs> one take. And you can for for X amount of dollars, you can have Nick J say anything. <laughs> we might be onto something there. This 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 actually yeah. might work. Let's see. Um, fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. <clears throat> fake sponsor. Did you fly Delta? Who would you fly with? 
I flew Delta. So thank you, Delta, for sponsoring. Hey, I had a thought about flying on airplanes, though, just before we leave. Just a quick Nick J anecdote that I thought of. I was on the plane, and a baby started screaming behind me. Oh, fucking A. Dude, it's the worst. And the then it, worst. And then it hit me. Vaccine mandates, dude. If we had vaccine mandates for domestic airfare, there wouldn't be any kids on planes. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, kids can't get vaccinated. So if we all just oh, they're, like. They're pushing. They're trying to we change need, that. We need a vaccine mandate on airfare. Boom. No more children. Dude, you know what? Why not just vaccine mandate the world and then we can finally enjoy things without children in them? Planes, restaurants, buses. Wherever, just as long as Nick J is not inconvenienced, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyways, how about some, how about like a. A fake sponsor that that actually is a good cause. Uh, Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl, we're proud to bring you the Waterfowl Wednesday episode. Perfect. I can live with that. And if if you got $35 to buy a couple cases of beer this month, you got $35 to give to DU and Delta Waterfowl and get some sweet magazines out of the deal. Sweet mags. Dude, people always ask me, where do you learn all this shit that you post on your social media about ducks and geese? Like, Literally like 70% of it from Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, and Wildfowl Magazine. Dude, I love Wildfowl Magazine. I love all of them, dude. They got great articles, great facts. I'm just sitting here actually reading one Good photography. now, the latest DU Magazine. Totally worth the, the uh, membership just to get these mags. Absolutely couldn't agree more. All right, dude. Well, anyways, have yourself a good week. You too. Good luck tomorrow. Right. Later. Bye.